Hi, I'm Doug Weiss. And I'm Alvian Lyons. This is Love Life. Alvian, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I've been to lots of weddings, a few of my own. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I was there. And, and, and I'm just uh, counting. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one of the most uh, frequently used pieces of, of uh, verse, of scripture, that uh, folks use as part of their wedding vows. Almost every time. Yeah, is 1 Corinthians. It's the, it's the piece where Paul talks about love. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is charitable. He has this long list of adjectives mm-hmm. about love. And I'm always struck by this as, as kind of bizarre, because Paul... As you probably know, was a Pharisee. He was, in essence, a kind of blend of lawyer and scholar, and 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 a guy who was persecuting people for believing in 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 uh, in Christianity, and and a, a man who actually stood there and watched another man be stoned to death for his belief. It slept just fine at night. Yeah. <laughs> so here he is writing about love, which seems weird. Um, on the face of it, and and he has very definitive ideas about love because he he's a man who is both celibate and thinks everybody else should be. In fact, he even says, "Well, if you you know if you, if you absolutely can't be like me, right. if you can't be the paragon of virtue that I am, then go get married. Then you know, well, yeah, go get married. <laughs> but you know, because we don't want you out here, you know, like we don't being, want you to burn, right. and we don't want you to be <laughs> promiscuous or anything like that. Um, and and he also has some kind of really interesting ideas about, you know, who's allowed to be with whom, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of the frank uh, injustice that you often see cited about what's correct and what isn't correct in relationships comes from. That it's not from anything that um, that Jesus ever said. It's it's or God ever said. It's it's strictly what comes from from Paul. So Paul has set himself up once again, but that's another topic for another yes, time. because people would argue that that was God speaking to Paul and Paul was just taking notes. Well, I think that Paul <laughs> probably said that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we're not here to bash Paul this morning. Not at all. Uh, we're here to actually talk about this question of, you know, what what is love? How do we define love? and And how do we um, how do, how does that experience when we're in love change us? How does it expand our hearts? How does it make us love everyone? You know how everyone right. loves a lover and every <laughs> lover loves everyone. Right, yeah. right. How does that happen? Well, what's so interesting about that question is, you know, and you and I talk about it all the time, the way that people process so many things just in terms of romantic love and that romantic love must be sexual in some kind of nature. It, you know, it's the person we're dating, person that we're coupled with, certain when we're married to. But when I think about um, love that has expanded my life, one of the loves that crossed my mind very, I, I mean, just quite succinctly, honestly, is the relationship I have with my one of my closest friends, who is also my business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were college roommates. 
and mm. we hated each other, <laughs> which people would who meet us now couldn't even imagine that that could possibly be true. But when I say we hated each other, I mean, like, if she was on fire, I probably would not have spit on her. Like, that's how bad oh, boy. <laughs> it yeah. was Yikes. when we but we were really good roommates. Mm. And so and. I know that might sound strange, but for people who are very capable of compartmentalizing, mm-hmm. you know, that we work together, but we're not necessarily friends. You know, mm-hmm. we live together. We were very respectful of each other's things, being prompt in terms of paying bills, following household rules. We were great roommates, but we were not good friends. Mm-hmm. And then several years later, uh, we really started to grow into our friendship and I can unequivocally say that God was very much in the center of that um, and was responsible for, you know, after she, after she moved away, when we finished graduate school, we started to really develop a different kind of relationship because we weren't in each other's space anymore. And there, a, a, a respect grew into a love. And when we really became friends, I learned so much about myself through the way that she loved me Mm-hmm. in spite of so many of the things that and missteps that had taken place. And I'm not even, because love should not be about what the other person did. Mm-hmm. Love should really be about what piece do I own in this process? And when I started to evaluate the pieces that I owned, never mind anything that she had done when we were uh, roommates, I really began to realize that I was creating an atmosphere that did not lend itself to any kind of expansion. And if you think about it in terms of um, marital relationships, for instance, I tell people all the time that there are conditions and environments that we create. If you're fighting over your spouse walking in the door five minutes late for dinner, believe me, the fight is really not about the dinner. The fight is about something else in that the condition of the relationship has become like dry grass, which means the slightest spark starts a fire. When our goal in love is to always have wet grass because we're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to do something unintentionally to one another. But when the conditions are good in a relationship, it's like a match falling on wet grass. It just fizzles out. It's not nurtured by anything. So her love for me made me start to evaluate myself as a friend, what kind of friend I am, no matter what kind of friend somebody else is to me. I can't control what somebody else does, but I completely control how I respond to it. So I I didn't, originally I didn't own those things. And in the lack of personal ownership, I was closing the door to the potential of what that relationship could have been. And having watched her and used her model of love to examine myself, it really expanded the way that I see friendship, what it means to show up for someone, what it means to be there for someone, what it means, what unconditional love really is about. Mm -hmm. It is, as we've mentioned in in previous talks, it's it's about the knowingness that this person is already worthy. They they don't need to be fixed by you. They need to be loved by you. You know, there's, there's a, Another theme to that, though, which is about consistency. Mm. Um, I I was in a relationship for many years with someone, wonderful person, uh, but someone who, I don't want to say inconsistent. What I want to say is that when I came home each night, I was never sure who was going to greet me at the door. What you were walking into. And and sometimes it could be wonderful, Mm. and sometimes it could be a little cool Mm -hmm. and aloof and sometimes there was some simmering 
something under the surface. Right. And and, and of course, you'd get that answer. The answer that all men uh, live in absolute uh, fear over receiving, which is when you ask, what's wrong? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. Well, of course, the answer is not nothing. Right. And that's a game. Right. Uh, And maybe it's an unconscious game, but it is a game that people play with each other. I'm not going to tell you. I want you to dig. I want you. I want, you I want you to. I want you to dis, uh, read my mind. Yep. Discover if you really loved me. Come find me. You would know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not that smart. I'm. Right. I'm not psychic. I can't read your mind. Right. Maybe I'm dense. Maybe I'm obtuse and not picking up on the signals and didn't see your reaction to something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm. I'm sorry. I need a little help here. Tell me what it is that has, can we, can we use this as a, as a moment, mm-hmm. not to grow further apart. But to come closer together. But exactly. Right. And that requires both of us being willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Both of us being willing to hear each other and listen carefully and see through each other's eyes what may have caused this change in circumstances. But it also requires at the same time, not to exonerate here, but it also requires at the same time that that we are not conditional, that we're looking at this through the eyes of the other person in an honest way and saying, how would I feel if that had happened the other way, had happened to me? Right. And... I'm not you. So maybe the way I react to that is not the way you react to Indeed. it. You know, cut that person some slack. Mm-hmm. And give them some space and allow them to to have their emotional reaction to that. It's not always about you. No, it's not. And you can't be obsessed with being right. You know, sometimes we we'll choose right over relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's not worth it to sacrifice the whole relationship just to be able to win the moment. You know, there. If we're going to do relationship long term, I used to always say that the mission has to be greater than the moment. Mm-hmm. The mission of marriage, the mission of connection, the mission of intimacy, the mission of us has to be greater than the moment we may be in right now. Yeah, and sometimes we're playing to an audience. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost as if, okay, I won that round. Right. (laughs) Audience, what do you think? What's the score? Perfect 10 on that argument. I drove that point right home. You know, and and, and that's, it's so sad that it can become that in a relationship that it's like we're keeping score about who did what and who won which point and all to the detriment of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm keeping score, that means one of us has to win and one of us has to lose. And this is the beginning of the erosion of a trust relationship. Oh, absolutely. And, and vulnerability is impossible right. if you don't trust. Right. So whether it's coming home and not knowing who's going to be there, right. which is a way that you violate trust, right. or it's the necessity to win at all costs, mm-hmm. you know, the scorched earth, um, right. you know, really toxic relationships, which we hope none of you have. But the, the, all of those things are things which are constantly violating that very delicate balance of trust between two people mm-hmm. that allow them to feel invested in one another. Mm-hmm. And, that, and 
you know, that investment can go south. <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> Faster than the stock market <laughs> right. turned down. I mean, it's so true. I mean, you can really unwind 10 years of something good over one really bad decision, one really bad reaction to something, which is why we have to be mindful of where we are when we're going into a moment, because you can't let your stuff get in the way of what this is supposed to be. If I love you, that love has to be bigger than me making my point. And if that guides me, then how I make my point, because you may have a legitimate point, but how I make my point when it's wrapped in love is very different than when I make that point in order to ensure that I won. So I, I just, when you talk about the idea of the expansion of love and what that requires of us, there's a level of personal ownership in that, mm-hmm. a personal honesty. If you're going to lie to anybody, don't lie to yourself right. about where you are Absolutely. and what this is about, yeah. you know, and a level of, of respect for a person to say that, you know what, this is where I'm at and I love you enough to want you to succeed at us. So I will not hide from you information that will help us win in yeah. this relationship. And and I think the the way best to express that is to say I love you. I love you today. I'm going to love you tomorrow. There's nothing that you can do that's ever going to change that. how I love you. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens to us, mm-hmm. I will always love you. Mm-hmm. Again, the way God loves us, but for human beings to be that way with one another, to mm-hmm. say, I love you no matter what, that's so powerful. To be each other's safe space. Yeah. So maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you know what it's like to be loved that way or that's the way you love. If so, why not tell us about it? Tell us your story. We want to know. Yeah. You can write to us at Doug at lovelife.digital. Or Alvian at lovelife.digital. And we'll see you next week. Take care.